This is the Food Factor Podcast, the show that talks about the connection between your health and what you eat or don't eat. I'm your host, Stephanie Mahachek, clinical nutritionist, health coach, science nerd, perma student, and mother of four. I love dogs, babies, and most of all, talking about all things health, wellness, and the weirdness of the human body. Thank you for being here. Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Food Factor Podcast. I am your host, Stephanie Mahachek, and I am so thankful and grateful that you are here. Thank you for spending the next 10 or 15 minutes or so with me, learning ways to expand your mindset around nutrition and how you feed yourself and your family. I appreciate you being here so much. I wanna do a quick shout out before we dive into today's topic. I want to give a huge shout out and a thank you to someone who left a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And this is from Laura Blue Girl. She left me five stars and she said, listening to your podcast episode is a bright spot in my week. Oh, the research-based information you share is helpful in sorting out the overwhelming amount of health advice out there. The topics are timely and the episodes are to the point and just the right amount of information to chew on. (laughs) Pun. Thanks for sharing not only your expertise of sound nutrition advice, but also your witty sense of humor that provides me with many smiles as I'm listening. Keep the episodes coming. Thank you, Laura. That just made my day and possibly my week. That was so kind and, th- and, and nice of you to say. And that captured completely what I am trying to do with this podcast. I am trying to help you cut through the noise and the overwhelming junk out there of people's opinions and so-called experts advice and all of that. And I really try to just take it back to the bare bones science of things to help you make better choices for you and your family. So I really appreciate that. I'm so glad that that comes through for you with this podcast. And I appreciate leaving that review so much. So let's dive into today's topic. The topic that I want to address today is more of a question I want you to ask yourself. And that question is, are you eating for your current phase of life? Now, you may think like, what in the world are you talking about? What's a phase of life? And I'm going to get into that. But I ask this question because I see this all the time. I see this all the time. Whether it is somebody who says things, and maybe you've said things like this, where you say like, I used to be able to lose weight if I just did, you know, fill in the blank X, Y, Z. But now I do that and it doesn't work. Or you might say something like, I used to be able to eat what I want and be really small, but now I feel like if I smell food, I gain weight. First of all, sidebar, weight doesn't equal health. I will say that again for those who need to hear this again. Your weight or the size of your body does not equal how healthy you are. That is a belief. That is not a fact. And how you can tell the difference between a belief and a fact is if you can point out situations where that statement is not true 100% of the time. 100% of the time would make something more of a fact. If you can point out things or poke little holes in that and all of a sudden it's not 100% true, it's a belief. I think we all know people who are in a smaller body who have horrible blood work and their their blood pressure is high and they have high cholesterol, all that. And then I think we all know somebody who is in what would some consider a larger body who has ideal blood work and no chronic conditions whatsoever. So that statement that your weight indicates your health is busted. And I know there are always going to be people who will have the argument, but obesity and excess body weight is a precursor for illness. Sometimes. 
is a precursor for illness. It can be an indicator or a predictor of illness. Sometimes, not all the time. It is not 100% fact. Anyways, I get a little, I get a little gruff when I hear things like that. So what if you were eating correctly, but just for the wrong phase of your life? And I say correctly with quotation marks. There's no correct way to eat. It's not like somebody's going to pop into your kitchen and give you an A. It's, it's how you're being supported, how you're supporting your body. But if you have some symptoms that are bugging you or causing you a poor quality of life, and you start thinking, well, last time I felt this way, or this used to work for me in the past, why isn't it working this time? Is it because you're in a different phase of life? Now, phases of life are childhood, teen years, young adults, you know, in your 20s, maybe early 30s, the baby years and the postpartum years, like if you're, uh, you know, having babies in that whole time frame of your life, premenopause, menopause, postmenopause, and also the unspoken menopause that occurs in many men that we just don't talk about as much, but it is happening. There's shifts of hormones and metabolisms and things happening in men of certain ages that they are wondering the same thing that some women are wondering. Why can't I lose weight? Where'd all this weight come from? My metabolism's slower. I feel sluggish. You know, all these symptoms that women have, maybe not all the same symptoms, but similar symptoms that women have, men are also having at a certain age. Those are the phases of life. And then, of course, you have, you know, the more advanced years and, and uh, the wisdom years, as I say, like in the 70s, 80s, 90s. So looking at those phases of life, those are drastically different depending on what what you're doing in that phase of life. So what do you think would happen if a 55-year-old woman ate like a 13-year-old girl? Would that be supportive for her? What about a 65-year-old man who eats like a 22 or an 18-year-old man? Would that be supportive for him? I mean, maybe, but it really depends, of course. And I see this a lot in former athletes, former athletes, especially if you were athletic in your teen years or early 20s or college years, athletes tend to go about nutrition in a way that is one, barely supportive of their bodies in that moment, but they're not exactly based on foundationally sound, you know, nutrition habits. A lot of them feel like they can, you know, get away with, quote unquote, get away with eating anything and everything because they're so active. And again, that's under the falsehood of weight being the indicator of health. Even if you're very athletic and and you have a lot of muscle mass on your body, if you're filling your body with nothing but fried foods and garbage, it's not beneficial despite what your weight does. But I have talked to quite a few men in kind of more of like the the early 60s, mid 60s, who are still eating the, the same way, the, still having the same patterns and habits that they did when they were college athletes. And that is no longer supportive for them. You know, they're having two sandwiches, they're having two burgers, they're having extra servings of everything, because that's just what they were used to. That's just what they do. And we talked about this a few episodes ago and we talked about food identities and that was their identity. Their identity was, I'm a big eater. I have to eat extra because I'm going to, you know, I need the energy. I need to support my, my athletic, you know, games and whatever. 
But now that you're in your 60s, that's not supportive for you anymore. Does that kind of make sense? I also see this a lot in women who have been dieting for decades and now are in like the menopausal kind of time frame, pre-current, post-menopausal kind of time frame. And they start to notice a shift in their metabolism and they start to notice a little bit of weight gain around the middle. So they resort back to what worked for them when they were dieting in their 20s and 30s, which is, of course, restriction. Restriction doesn't get you the results regardless, but especially when you are in the process of going through a new phase of life. It can make things so much worse. There are many studies saying menopausal women need more food than they're getting currently. And all of these examples, all of these things that we're talking about can be linked to habits and beliefs around food. Remember, a belief is something you think over and over again. It's a thought that you continue to think over and over again. It's a belief. It's your belief. It's your thought about something. It's not a 100% fact. So that's always something to kind of check when you have a, a thought kind of pop in, especially if it's related to your health or your nutrition or your weight or whatever. Fact check it. Is that 100% true? So how you choose to eat for whatever your goal is, but especially if your goal is weight loss, depends on your food beliefs and your food habits. Okay, so I want to walk through a little exercise. I want you, you can get a pen and paper out if you'd like, um, or you can just think it, that's fine too. If you're driving, please don't get a pen and paper out, my gosh. Um, But I want you to think about a current goal that you have for your health. Could be weight loss, could be increasing your energy, could be reducing pain or inflammation or, or really anything, any goal you have right now for your health. Think about your goal, maybe write it down if you're if it's safe to do so. Whatever the first thing that comes to your mind is, that's your goal, okay, got it? Now, what's one way to achieve that goal? What's the first thing you think about when it comes to your nutrition specifically that would help you achieve that goal? What the, the first thing that just came to your mind right now, that is your belief. So if you said, I need to eat less, is that true? Is that a fact or is it a belief? Are there instances that make this statement not true? If so, that's a belief. It doesn't make it true, especially in the case of weight loss or increasing energy. That may be you just relying on a former belief from a previous phase of life that may have, super big quotation marks here, worked for you in that phase, although I could argue that it didn't in that phase either. Now that you are in the phase of life that you are in currently, what other way could you achieve that goal? Now, if your answer is, I don't know, stop right there. That's you staying surface level. So think about your food quality. Think about your food patterns. Think about your food habits. How are they supporting your current situation 
and what would need to be different for you to achieve your goal. Come at it from a new angle. You're in a new phase of life. What got you here won't get you there. You're in a new phase. So come at this from a different angle. Could it be possible that you need to eat more? Could it be possible you need to focus on quality of your foods? Could it be possible you need to focus more on your timing of your foods? Could it be possible that you need to focus on variety of your foods? All of those things have nothing to do with restriction, right? I will avoid getting on my soapbox about restriction, although I'm kind of, you know, half up there already. But I'm hoping that you see that the restriction belief has been debunked so many times. Again, belief, not fact. So throughout the course of, you know, you've all, you've, you've heard me talk about the 14 day sugar experiment and which is wrapping up shortly or, or depending on when you're listening to this, it may have already been completed. But the participants in that experiment all noticed habits and patterns when it comes to sugar, of course, but they also noticed other habits they had. Some noticed they were skipping more meals than they'd realized. Some noticed they skimped out on meals and made them smaller without realizing it. Some noticed timing of food and how that impacted their sugar cravings, but also other areas of their life, like their mood. And some realized that they were still carrying around beliefs around types of foods that didn't serve them anymore. Those beliefs were were not supportive of what they need now. I'm excited to really dive into this and share all that we learned from that experiment in an upcoming uh, podcast episode because it was surprising, to say the least. And I most likely will be running another sugar experiment in the near future because the information and the value that many of the participants got out of it was really awesome. And I want to see if we can get even more and see what more people learn about themselves. So I will keep you posted on that. But back to your phase of life. So you have it written down now, a goal that you have, or maybe you were thinking it, that's okay. And you may have had a a thought or belief pop into your head about how you can achieve that goal. And maybe you even realize, oh, that, that way of achieving that goal doesn't serve me anymore. And instead of you continuing to go down a road that leads to nowhere, or leads to frustration and self-hatred, how about we detour onto a path that will get you your goal and is a whole lot smoother of a road? So again, what goal are you now going to try out or what method to achieve that goal are you now going to try out that will help you achieve that goal? So if you need to go back and listen to, you know, some examples of what uh, what you could be focusing on, I highly encourage you to do that. Here's a huge hint. Food quality. Quality of the foods you're having is, is where I would suggest most people start. So if you are confused on this, I get it. There's a lot to kind of process and think about. But maybe first start by identifying what phase of life you're in. Are you in the the pre-menopause phase? Are you in the 
baby phase? Are you in the young adult phase? Are you in the advanced years phase or the, the wisdom phase, as I like to refer? Um, what phase of life are you in? That's a good place to start. Then you can identify what are my habits right now? What are my food timing? What are my food preferences? What are my food biases? What are my food beliefs? All of those things. Figure that out, what's popping up in your brain right now. And now you can say, how am I going to shift my thinking, shift my habits, shift my beliefs to support the phase of life I'm currently in when it comes to my nutrition and habits? So I've given you a lot, of, a lot to think about, a lot to kind of mull over and stir over. If you want some help sorting this out, of course, there's always my free consultations and, and seeing if we're a good fit to work together one-on-one. -on -one. I am reducing the number of one-on-one -on -one clients that I will be taking on, so I, I only have a few spots left for that. Uh, but if you need some help with this, I'm happy to see if we'd be a good fit to work together. And um, I, I can't wait to share with you all what the participants of the 14-Day Sugar Experiment have noticed and, and kind of some of their outcomes um, because it, it really is fascinating. So uh, hit subscribe if you are interested in learning more about that and you want to he uh, hear that episode or see that episode when it's uh, when it comes up and that way you won't miss out on some of that information. So again, if I can be of any help, please reach out, let me know. If anything in this episode rang true for you, tag me on social media. Find the posts on social media at either at Food Factor, Nutrition, um, on Facebook or on Instagram, tag me in the post, share with me what rang true for you the most. I would love to hear that. And I would love to see that. And I would love to interact with you more on that. Um, and I really love, you know, interacting with everyone who's listening. So I appreciate you being here. I appreciate you taking the time to really reflect on some of the topics that we're talking about. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of the week. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Food Factor Podcast. It is my personal mission to help people make the best food choices that they can for their particular situation. So if you found this episode helpful, I would be so grateful if you would share it with a friend or a family member or somebody who needs to hear this information and also leave me a review. Those are the things that help get this podcast seen and heard by more people who could use the help as well. I really appreciate your support. Thank you so much for listening.